Welcome to I Just Don't Know, a podcast where we try to learn something new, challenge my opinions and hope to make the misinformed informed. I can openly say I've spoken when I did not need to, been unnecessarily controversial and shared my misinformed opinion, thinking it was not. I am Rod Clulo and in this podcast I'll try to right some wrongs and take on a new topic each episode that I think I knew but in fact I just don't know. This episode is about the edge of our galaxy, the final frontier, and probably the most exciting and ambitious space travel venture in recent history. A target more than 3 billion miles away, 33 times the distance between the Sun and Earth. It is the completion of a task that will finish off the exploration of our solar system as we know it so far. It is the great and epic trip to our ninth planet, Pluto. Pluto might have been changed to a dwarf planet in 2006. And my assumption for this episode is that while in general much was not known before 2006, it was simply a small six pixel by six pixel image picked up by the Hubble telescope we didn't really see it as much more than the ninth planet it was discovered in 1930 as the largest object in the Kuiper belt the sort of final frontier of our solar system and it wasn't really that glamorous and apart from giving its name to a Disney character, Mickey Mouse's favourite dog uh, and man's best friend, Pluto. And from memory, it was not really the most famous, recognisable or sexy planet like Saturn or Uranus. Uranus. Well, I was definitely wrong. So join me to discover how Pluto is simply the most fascinating and interesting part of our solar system. So I want to start off with a quick summary of what Pluto is in general. So it is known now as a dwarf planet. It was changed from the ninth planet in the solar system to a dwarf planet in 2006. It is the in the Kuiper belt, and that is a ring of objects of asteroids and smaller sort of moons and, and objects on the edge of our solar system beyond the orbit of Neptune. And as I mentioned before, Pluto is 33 AU, which is 33, um, the distance of the from the Earth to the Sun. So we measure that is what, from the Earth to the Sun is 1 AU. It is a long way, 8 billion miles away from Earth, as it has mentioned. And while it was discovered in 1930 and known as the, the largest object in the Kuiper Belt, it's definitely not the, la- the, the only large object. It's around just under half the size of our, our moon, um, our own moon, so it really is small. And it is pretty much um, of sort of the one planet we haven't really discovered up it through the other with all the other test uh, and space probes, the likes of Jupiter, Saturn, Mars, 
that we've managed to really sort of start looking at from the 60s, 70s and beyond. Pluto had just sort of been simply too far away. So moving on to how we what, how we managed to discover more about Pluto. And this all starts with the mission, the New Horizons mission, if you didn't know about it. And I didn't know anything about this before. I didn't really, I wasn't even aware of this, but it started with apparently an underground of young university students who were obsessed with Pluto. And the idea of discovering more about this small planet. And in 2003, they managed to convince NASA to start a mission, the New Horizons mission, to go discover the more about Pluto. So the New Horizons was a space probe that was built uh, as a mission, a NASA mission, engineered by students of the John Hopkins University Applied Physics Laboratory and the Southwest Research Institute. So that's, that's based out of just outside Baltimore, led by Dr. Alan Stern, and he will come up again. And it, the, the probe was launched in 2006, and it was the most powerful rocket, well, sorry, it was launched by the most powerful rocket ever, the Atlas V. And that means, and to try and put that into perspective, it needed to... It needed to go pretty damn fast to get to Pluto within a reasonable amount of time. And to sort of compare that past uh, probes that had been launched in the 60s and 70s, the Pioneers 69 and Voyagers that I might touch, you might have heard in other episodes, it generally took, it was understood, it took about three days to reach the moon and, and and to go beyond. This, with the Atlas V, would send the New Horizons probe to the moon within nine hours. So that is a, a lot time, very, very quick, about 30,000 miles per hour. Pretty hard to even comprehend. And so the New Horizons space probe was only a thousand pounds. It had to be very light in order to achieve this speed. It was only the size of a small piano, pretty much. So that is pretty incredible. So it was launched in 2006 and the incredible and most ambitious part of it was that it was going to aim to pass Pluto within 8,000 miles of its surface and that is 30 times less than the distance between Earth and the Moon. That is pretty close, pretty darn close if you can compare the distance and that angle and making sure it's sent on the right trajectory. It was sent via Saturn so it's Saturn or no, sorry, Jupiter. Apologies, Jupiter to use its gravitational pull like a slingshot to save about three years of the trip. So that may manage to. So when it got to Jupiter, so the slingshotted itself towards Pluto, but they had to get that perfectly accurate using the best, incredible. These guys, incredible, getting their maths to a T in order to send this probe, this New Horizons space probe, within. Nine uh, within 8,000 miles of Pluto for their flyby and to take all the pictures and recordings. So this comes on to 
it's been sent off in 2006 and it's flying and about nothing really happens apart from monitoring it. It's of course a very, very long trip. Therefore, there's a lot of potential for it to something to go wrong. They managed to get to 2015, where in July, around July 14th, 15th, it is expected to do its flyby of Pluto. But they get to July 4th in 2015 and you would not believe it, where they lose contact with the space probe. However, there was a very incredible and smart lady in charge of the whole operation known as the mom, the mum of the venture. And that does actually mean a, a role, but it was sort of like a, a corny way of, of sort of the person in charge of the whole monitoring of the probe over that nine-year stretch. And on July 4th, they managed to find out when they managed to get contact with the probe again, thank goodness for that, was that they had overworked the computer in preparation of the flyby. They'd caused the main computer on the probe to reset. Six months of uploading sequences and codes in order to do the right thing had caused it to overload. So that means they had three days, three days to redo everything because on July 7th, the flyby sequence would begin, getting everything ready, everything in the right position for it to go within 8,000 miles of Pluto. And they worked 24-7 for those three days. And it's incredible when I heard this, they managed to get it all done with just four hours to spare. After nine years of watching and monitoring this probe, they had to go down to the wire, down to the second, to get this sorted. And so, thank goodness for that, July 15th, 2015, the Pluto flyby would begin. And on seven at 7.49 in, in the morning, Eastern time, they celebrated when, by this at the exact second, they knew that the flyby would occur and Pluto was going to pass, uh, and, and the New Horizons probe would pass Pluto within 8,000 miles. However, they celebrated, but it was only in the evening would they know if it was successful. But what was really interesting was that the night before, when before it had started, just before the sort of really close flyby, it sent home on the evening of the 14th, it sent home one image of Pluto to the crowds for them to enjoy in the morning. And this photo was the first and most HD picture of Pluto. It's gone from a six pixel by six pixel, six pixel dot of light, like a twinkle on a on a Christmas tree, as, as, as was described by one of the engineers, to this epic HD photo of this world, this massive planet that was has these sort of gorgeous red colours and white ice that the New Horizon Pro was hurtling towards and was going to take even more pictures of. And please go look at it. It gives so much character to Pluto and we're going to go into more detail of, of what these pictures suggest and what is actually on potentially the surface of this of this planet. So it's the evening of the 15th. 
they've everyone has celebrated that the New Horizons probe has potentially passed Pluto within eight thousand miles. They're waiting and waiting for the contact to for, for the probe to to reach the Earth in terms of the the it takes time for the contact to be sent. So they had to wait until the evening to realize whether the probe was successful and for it to send images of what it had taken. Because if the probe was slightly out, looking in the wrong direction, it would have just taken pictures of space, distant space, or something else. It would have missed Pluto. And it took until the late evening, uploading one kilobyte per second and we all know how infuriating it is when something goes down to that. Uh, uh, if we think 50 megabytes, you can get that in our in your Wi-Fi now. One kilobyte per second with a four and a half hour latency. It was taking a long time for this probe to upload information, send information back, sorry, send information back to Earth. And it was a tense evening and Dr. Alice Bowman, and there's a video if you want to watch it on YouTube, and she confirms that they have got the contact and they have images of Pluto's surface within 8,000 miles. And these images are truly incredible. These HD photos of nitrogen glaciers, mountain ranges, and of, and of potential ice volcanoes. And more importantly, and most interestingly for me anyway, and I didn't even know this, was of an atmosphere, this blue layered atmosphere around the planet that somehow this very, very old planet that's potentially six billion years old that has managed to move away to the edge of our of our of our solar system but intact, therefore suggesting its age is young or is old, but it has managed to be sort of go through a lot getting to that point by reaching that orbit and it's says so much about well our history of a solar system that i actually <laughs> quite struggled to fathom and, and that perhaps it needs to be done another time but i where these pictures are pretty incredible and what i'd also learned about uh, about pluto and confirmed as well and i didn't really know much about this is the strange relationship that Pluto had with its moons. So its biggest moon is a, is a moon called Charon, and that is only about actually half the size, around half the size of Pluto itself. And this is actually where it becomes no longer a planet, and this is why it was actually downgraded as a dwarf planet, and I, not because of the size of Pluto, although this is a factor in this in this situation, but because Charon is actually quite large in comparison to Pluto it actually influences the gravitational pull and orbit of Pluto, meaning it sort of wobbles in space. Pluto wobbles in space, being pulled by its moon, Charon. And as Charon orbits Pluto, it basically means the centre of mass in this relationship is actually just empty space between them. So imagine our moon being so big, it causes the Earth to follow the moon as the moon is going around the Earth, if that makes sense. So therefore, as planets are known, they have to be round, they have to be 
Um, I think they just have to be round or basically circular um, and they have to be fixed in their orbit around the sun. This one, unfortunately, Pluto isn't and therefore it was downgraded because there are lots of other moons like that you could say are similar uh, in size or larger like Titan uh, and Ceres in, in the main, in, in sort of the asteroid belt in the middle of the solar system or sent and around Jupiter that you could say is a planet. So that's why it's become a dwarf, a dwarf planet if, because it's strange relationship with Sharon, it's strange relationship. That's Sharon with a CH, not Sharon with an SH, like the classic name everyone knows. So what is incredible about the surface of Pluto and these pictures that come back from the New Horizon space probe is that first of all, first of all, called it's called the Sputnik Planitia, if I'm pronouncing it like Planitia, and this is a giant heart shape on Pluto, an ice plane that they've managed to take of sheer water ice that potentially is more could be more nitrogen mixed with water ice that interestingly moves or suggests that it moves meaning that it's a, a glacier it has some sort of way of moving um therefore for that fluidity um if that's correct if that's correct that um if i understand that uh, correctly and there's no craters and when there are craters it suggests asteroids and comets that when they hit planets once every I don't know, 50 million years in the in an Earth. Our last comet hit was an asteroid hit. Sorry, was 66 million years ago. So this, when when there are lots of sort of craters, it means that the uh, that sort of surface doesn't change, and there is the the, the planet is basically dead. But this heart shape, this giant heart shape, this Sputnik Planitia ice plane had no craters meaning that either replenishes itself with fresh nitrogen ice or the pluto's age is we don't quite actually understand pluto's age so really interesting and because it moved it suggests tidal forces or some sort of sort of the 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 the, the, the plates of of or the or the sort of surface of pluto is moving something is going on underneath it so could there be sort of ice volcanoes that are, are causing this? Could there, and if there is an ice volcano, that that suggests that perhaps there's some sort of energy or heat underneath it. And there is actually theory that, well, could there be a layer of water underneath the nitrogen ice surface of Pluto? There's also what they found is something called the Tartarus Dorsa, a 500-meter mountain range of, of Benintes, Penitentes uh, or Neves Penitentes if I pronounce that right and they are basically snow formations found at high altitudes on Earth and they're not found on any other planet in the solar system and I'm like that was really interesting and they're basically like sort of spikes or teardrops on on the surface next to each other stacked next to like thin blades of hardened snow or ice in this case sort of nitrogen ice closely spaced together all pointing towards the same direction of the sun. So there's a whole mountain range of it, and they and they saw that in this in these pictures. And then going on to my sort of the most interesting part of it for me is that 
there is a small layered and this and this was when they got the closest pictures when they were within 8000 miles of Pluto a thin and small atmosphere and these layers of of, of nitrogen suggesting that this sort of sorry yeah these 20 haze layers of some sort of gas probably nitrogen suggests there's something that maybe is replenishing it and there was also pictures of potential lakes that could suggest there is there was at one point liquid nitrogen on Pluto. So super, super uh, sort of fascinating that we thought was just a, a nothing small rock in the edge of the universe. This Pluto has says so much, and in reality, it disproves and upends many geophysical theories that planets when they reach the edge of the solar system they do not achieve or receive sorry much light or energy from the sun or their star in their solar system these planets just die they fall into just a imagine just a rock of nothing but this trip this epic venture from the new horizon space probe shows that pluto has so much more to offer and that it is still alive and it's pretty, pretty epic. Um, what it also did, and um, more recently, in sort of 2019, was that the New Horizons space space probe that it managed to visit um, a planet that is known as the most distant sort of dwarf planet, known as 486958 Arakoth. Is a trans-Neptunian object located in the Kuiper Belt, so beyond Neptune in the Kuiper Belt, even further than Pluto, and it's become the most primitive object in the solar system visited by a spacecraft. That's just awesome. So, but also, it took it took pictures or looked at the closest other galaxy, and that is Proxima Centuria. Centuri, and it's uh, and it managed to look at Proxima Centuri with a picture that was discovered in 1915 by Robert Inns. Um, I've sort of heard of that galaxy before, but it took a picture of it, and if you compare that picture of the of the sky with what we can see, the galaxy moves, and that shows that with that mo- with that distance, because of where the New Horizon space probe is with that distance of that slight change in view if you think about when you change your position when you look at something it move, it does change location in comparison to everything around it we can figure out with maths very clever maths um we could sort of talk about it now is the exact distance of our furthest galaxy and it show it showed that it's about 4.2465 light years away from the sun and so it's our most accurate calculation of that so overall the new horizons space probe mission from nasa from 2000 and starting in 2003 all the way to its successful flyby in 20, 2015 and it has now gone beyond into beyond the into the kuiper belt into interstellar space like Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, it 
revealed so much about Pluto and there's so much that people are still learning as it slowly uploads more and more information one kilobyte at a sec- at a time back to back to earth and for me please go see the pictures of Pluto it's so much more than just that planet that got downgraded and it's not it's not a planet anymore as people used to say at school uh, later on it's Pluto is alive it's still going and to be honest for me when I learned that and I saw the pictures and the mountain ranges and the glow the glow of the sort of hazy atmosphere that exists it made me feel well if it's still going then Earth's going to keep going for a long time and I think that's pretty cool so to finish up hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about the New Horizons space probe mission to, to Pluto the probably the most epic and long distance or it is the most epic and long distance flyby ever and I'm pretty darn impressed from something I never even knew about I didn't know this was happening when it was when it was going on I think pretty darn impressive so I hope you enjoyed that please listen to other episodes let me know what you think visit me on sort of spotify or my website on or acast i really enjoyed doing this one it's going to finish up wrap up a few more episodes about sort of space and things like that move on to other topics soon but i hope you enjoyed it and uh, yeah thanks so much